Welcome to episode 10 of the Sparking Possibility podcast. My name is Cindy Vesely and I'm a coach, consultant, mom and wife and I'm really excited to be here with you today to talk about the year in review. So if you're like me, you know that it's a really busy time of year and the year is rapidly coming to a close. So I think we've got about two and a half weeks left before we are looking at kicking things off into 2020. And if you're anything like me and you like to set goals and make plans and start the new year off fresh, then this particular episode may help you to just take a pause and take a look back at your year. Think about where you started and compare that to where you're at right now and take some time to celebrate all the wins that you had in 2019, as well as recognize some of those challenges that you worked your way through and perhaps overcame. So what I find really helpful is that this exercise will help to prepare you to clear the way to begin the new year fresh, knowing what your successes were and knowing what areas may still be opportunities to work toward. So I've just done this exercise really quickly and it's something you yourselves can do. Uh, so this episode may be a little bit more personal than some of my other podcasts. So bear with me, I'm going to share some of the highlights of my year of 2019, as well as some of the challenges that came my way. And like I said, this is a simple exercise to do. For me, I just scrolled black through my social media feed and looked at where the year started and all the different things that had happened over the year because I do post on social media quite regularly. So for me, that was the easiest way to kind of track and look back at my year. For others, you might scroll through your camera roll on your phone. Sometimes if you take a lot of pictures, that may sort of jog your memory in terms of where was I at, say for example, in March of this year, or how did I start the new year? For others of you, maybe you keep a journal. So maybe there are things that you've written in your journal that you can go back and reflect on. Or for others, maybe you just want to think about what were some of the highlights of the year for me? What were some of those key moments? And maybe what are some areas that I know I'm still finding are challenging and that I want to continue to work towards in 2020. So without further ado, I'm going to walk through my 2019 with you just to give you an idea of what this looked like. So January of 2019, I actually kicked off the new year in New Zealand and I had written a blog post about living your best life because on New Year's Eve 2018 leading into 2019 my family and I had spent the day on a beautiful private island Uru Puka Puka Island in the Bay of Plenty. I had to take a ferry out there and got to spend the day on the most beautiful island and I recall there were stingrays just swimming near the shore. The sun was shining. Uh, there was an open air cafe that where you could just buy your lunch. And we sprawled out a blanket and we basically just laid in the sun and went swimming. And it was such a beautiful, relaxing way to commence the new year. And I remember feeling so peaceful and so calm and just knowing that this was how I wanted to feel all the time. This was something that I wanted to work towards achieving in my life, knowing that this feeling of peace, of serenity, of calm was something that I wanted to carry with me, knowing that within a few short weeks, I would be returning home to Canada. So 
returned home to Canada. And in February, as I reflect back on what I was doing in February, I had the opportunity to speak at an event. The event was called I Am Eve. It was a women's conference organized by Danielle Lowe. And I had the opportunity to speak to women around describing and defining how they wanted to feel in 2019. And so by starting off the year by describing what it was they wanted to feel, we then were able to focus on, okay, so if you want to feel that way, what do you then need to do and who do you need to be in order to get to that space? So that was a really neat opportunity for me to be able to define for myself, first of all, at the beginning of a new year, how I wanted to feel and who I wanted to be and knowing I was already clear from my trip to New Zealand around what that looks like for me, I was able to then share that with a room full of women from all walks of life. And what was really special about that event was that my 90, I think she's 94, my 94 year old grandmother was there to hear me speak. And the event was women sharing their stories. And I recall thinking to myself, imagine if my grandma was up there at the microphone, what type of stories she would be able to share. She's always been such an incredible inspiration and support in my life. So that was February. Now, moving into March, and this was really interesting because living where I do in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, we don't often get a ton of celebrity speakers that come on tour here. And so this was the year that there were multiple speakers who I, I don't want to say I idolize them, but I really look up to them as leaders. And given the opportunity to hear them speak, I would jump at that chance. And so my first chance to hear one of these speakers was in March. So Michelle Obama came to Edmonton on her book tour and I got to hear her speak about her book and share her stories and her experience around who she was becoming. I think the most powerful part of her talk for me was actually the introduction to the talk where they had women from all walks of life, all different ages and stages, and they started the event by sharing who it was they were becoming. And so as I was able to reflect on who I am becoming, I recognize that I've been on this transformative journey for a really long time. It probably started way back when I first started my coach training and started being coached and coaching others and working on myself and getting clearer and clearer around who that was and what that looks like. So I recall writing a blog post on this topic as well and starting with my name and what my name actually meant to me and how having a name like Sinevi, named after my grandmother on my mom's side being her namesake was so important to me and a huge piece of my identity and how I define myself and how I show up in this world and I actually reflected in the blog around the time where I was um I was a young woman at the time I was going to say I was a young adult I guess I was and I was in university and I had taken the summer off to work at this burger joint and they had asked me if they could call me Leah. So Leah is my middle name because my first name, Sinevi, was too hard for them to pronounce. 
And so at the time, not really thinking much of it, I agreed to it. And after the fact, and now in reflection, when I think back around that, I just think it's so disrespectful and I will never do that again. So I am proud to say that I own my name and I own my identity and I know who I'm becoming. And I feel like that woman and that person becomes stronger and stronger each and every day. And that's what I want truly for the women that I work alongside and the women that I coach with is I want them to be able to step into that space where they are truly comfortable and confident in declaring who they are becoming and who they are right now. So that was March, huge opportunity to hear Michelle speak. In April, with my job, I was a talent manager at the time, and there was a point in my career where I was in a position and something occurred that was kind of a big aha moment or a big awakening for me. And that happened when I was in a boardroom and the boardroom was packed with leaders from all levels. And I remember looking around the boardroom and thinking to myself, these leaders are two to three levels my senior. Here I am, the only brown woman in the room, in this large boardroom. And what I was doing was presenting on a project that I had been working on for the past year and basically trying to get some buy-in and support to ensure it would continue. And I'm not going to lie, that experience was absolutely nerve-wracking and it took so much energy and effort to be able to confidently stand in that room with these leaders that were my senior being a minority woman and speak my truth. And so the meeting went well, it had a good ending and it had a good outcome. But what I decided as a result of that meeting and many other things that occurred was that this was not the place for me. This was not where I belonged and it was time for me to make it a change. And there were no ill feelings toward this particular situation or this particular project, but it was just the realization that it was time to move on. And so that's actually when I started looking for work, knowing that in 2019, I had absolutely no intention of changing positions at all. And so I did that. And in May, I was presented with two different job opportunities, both amazing. And I chose one over the other, and I'm still in that position now, and things are ticking along nicely. However, I will say, given the other opportunity that was presented to me, for the first time in my life, I really stopped to think, did I make the right decision? And for the first time in my life, I really felt perhaps a sense of regret around not exploring what that other decision would look like. So for myself, I know once I make a decision, I go all in, I 100% commit, and I am fully invested in whatever decision I make and where I'm at. But for the first time in my life, I feel like I just wasn't sure around if I did the right thing or if I didn't. And so that was interesting. And I'm so grateful to have had 
those opportunities come up when they did and to have those two amazing offers put on the table for me. Now in June, I think those of you that have listened to this podcast, by now you're probably fairly clear on the fact that I am a massive Oprah fan. And so Oprah was doing her book tour in June on The Path Made Clear. And so I was so fortunate to be able to have my husband join me and we went and he heard Oprah speak. And this is not the first time I've heard Oprah speak. I've heard her speak multiple times before. I think what was really special and different about this occasion was that she shared a story in her talk around what it was like saying goodbye and forgiving her mother when her mother was on her deathbed. And so Oprah shared in a way that was so vulnerable and so open around such a personal topic. I found it really inspiring to see somebody who people think they know everything about, people think they've heard everything about, they've read everything about her, and yet here she was sharing something so personal from her life with this audience. So really privileged to be able to hear Oprah speak again. July. So July, I actually took the summer off. It was fabulous. Um, I was still working day to day, my regular job, but in terms of all the other things that I do, and there's a lot, um, took the time off to just really enjoy our cabin, to enjoy our time at the lake. And this is when I started my podcast. So all of a sudden, shifting gears, changing jobs, lots of sort of new energy coming to the forefront and starting to get a little bit creative around what are some of the things that maybe I want to try that I haven't tried yet and how can I put myself out there in a way that I haven't done yet. So that's why I started my podcast and now here we are and it's December and this is episode 10. So I'm really excited to continue on with this project and I hope that you're finding some nuggets of wisdom and value that you can take away from this. Now, August, um, August, my oldest daughter, Layla, turned 21. And in Polynesian culture, the 21st birthday is a big one. And so because it marks sort of the pathway into adulthood, uh, we had planned a large celebration for Layla. And we were able to have a gathering of her family and friends. And then we were able to follow that up with a girl's trip for her to get a tattoo. Now, for those of you that know me, you probably know that I'm not a huge fan of tattoos, especially on my children. And so (laughs) knowing that Layla is now 21, she's officially an adult. I mean, I don't really have a say in whether or not she's going to get this tattoo. So she decided she wanted to get it, but she wanted a traditional Samoan tattoo. And so here in Alberta, there's one person that does those tattoos and he lives in Medicine Hat and we traveled to Medicine Hat to go with her to get her tattoo and as it turns out she got a beautiful uh, wristband Samoan tattoo and it turned out so well and I didn't have any hard feelings after the fact when I saw it and when I saw how the tattoo artist had actually identified and described and defined what the tattoo would be and what it would mean I was actually really happy and pleased that it was so symbolic of this journey for her into adulthood. I think the other reason it was so significant 
having a child turn 21, I was reflecting on the fact that I was pregnant with Layla when I was 22 in my last year of university. So to see her grow and become the woman she is today, and to also see the growth within myself from where I started, um, working part-time at Walmart as a cashier, and going to university, and then coming home, and all of a sudden, here's this brand new little baby, and being married, and it was a crazy time for me, and I remember thinking, when she was a baby, by the time this child is five years old, I will have an amazing career so that I can support her and give her the kind of life that she deserves. And so I think that was really the spark that started this drive in me to be an amazing mother, an amazing wife, but also to be so focused on my career that I was able to support my family and to provide this lifestyle for them and to allow them to travel and see the world and to go to the go be part of like amazing dance programs and to be able to attend university and all these things. So it was definitely a moment of pride and also a little bit of mourning as well, knowing that, you know, your kids are always your kids and she'll always be my baby, but now my baby is an adult. (laughs) So a little bit of letting go happening there. So that was in August. Now September. September is an interesting one. So For those of you that maybe are still getting to know me, um, I have struggled with my weight my entire adult life. And in September, I was invited to participate in the Solgy Nutrition Weight Loss Maintenance Group. And so I had previously participated in their Lose It In Six group. And the owner, Victoria Jones, who is my holistic coach, invited me to participate in this maintenance group. And so... The amazing thing about all of this is that, of course, like many of you, on my New Year's resolution list, I had get healthy, lose weight, lower your blood pressure, get some exercise in, and it wasn't actually until September of this year when Victoria reached out to me that I started to set the wheels in motion to literally change everything about how I show up when it comes to my health. So between September and now, December, so almost four months of doing this, um, I've entirely changed the way that I eat, the way that I approach food, the way that I prepare meals, um, the way that I look at exercise. I'm focused on getting my water in. I'm exhibiting and demonstrating a much more positive mindset. So for me, my health was never as exciting or as fun as something as my career because I was successful in my career. I knew if I put the time, energy, and effort into that, I would see results versus my weight loss and my health not always having the best success. I'd be successful for a period of time and then I'd stop and then I wouldn't be. And then I would be off the wagon for a really long time. And it was this constant cycle of trying and failing and trying and failing where it got to the point where I just didn't even want to try anymore. So September is really significant for me because it, it marks the start of this incredible health journey that I've been on. Now, October is when 
I had my first article published by Forbes magazine. So I joined the Forbes Coaches Council and as a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, you have the opportunity to submit articles for review and submission through Forbes magazine. And so I had my first article published and since then I'm now on my third article and plan to continue to submit as many articles as I can over the next year. Now, November, I don't think there was anything super noteworthy in November. All I recall is going to the gym over and over and over and over. And I say that with a little bit of humor because I think, well, since September, but really in November, this has really been about changing habits and changing my mindset. And so I have a knee injury and it's really hard for me to work out. So even in addition to going to the gym, when I say going to the gym, most of the time, what I'm doing is I'm going to the pool and I'm swimming laps. And because I work during the day and I do my coaching and my classes in the evening, I'm going to the gym usually pretty late to swim laps. And I live here in Canada where it's cold, it's snowing. And to be honest, the last thing anybody wants to do is go get into a pool at night and go swim. (laughs) So I got to say, I'm pretty proud of myself for being able to do that in November. Now, finally, December, wrapping up the year, wrapping up the year in review. So December, I had the opportunity to attend the Art of Leadership Conference in Calgary. And this was just December 6th. So it just happened. And funnily enough, The reason I wanted to go is because Marcus Buckingham was speaking. So I have always, always, always loved Marcus's work. I've read his books. I've incorporated his ideas and his strategies into courses that I teach. And I firmly believe in the research that he does and the views that he puts forward. So he had just finished his keynote. Then he was out in the lobby signing books And I had no idea that he would be signing books in the lobby. And so I was there with a colleague, you know, we went and meandered to the cafeteria, we went and found the bathrooms. And then I remember her asking me, are you going to try and get a book signed by Marcus? And I said to her, well, you know, I didn't even bring a book and I'm sure the lineup's like really long and I don't think my knee can hold up that long to stand in line. And then she pointed and she said, he's right there. So he was literally right there in the lobby signing books and there were only 10 people in line. So of course I hightailed it to the bookstore, which was right there and they were only taking cash. So a kind lady in line let me know that in the lobby there was a cash machine. So hightailed it down to the lobby, got some cash, came back, bought my book, got in line and was the last in line to meet Marcus and he signed my book and was so lovely to take a photograph with me and had the opportunity to chat with him and share a little bit around how I've used his research and findings over the years. So that was a huge highlight for me. That was definitely, I would say bucket list, one of the top highlights of my life, which sounds a little cheesy, but it's true. So I know there were many positive things that happened this year. Uh, I would say the hardest challenge for me was actually making the decision to change jobs and having that transition when I obviously had no intention of doing that when the year started. But having done that and having worked through it 
I now know that it was the right decision and I'm happy with where I'm at. And so I'm fully prepared and ready to start 2020 fresh and to see what the year has in store. And so now that I've talked for a really long time, what I'm going to do is invite you to do the same thing. I want you to think back on the past 12 months and not all of the milestones or highlights or challenges are going to be positive. But I want you to revisit those things and think about what is it that you're taking away from that? What is it that you learned? How did that challenge or event make you stronger? How do you want things to be different for yourself in 2020? So take the look backward, do some reflection, take the pause And then spend the next couple of weeks when you get a moment to slow down and you're sitting there thinking about what it is that you want from 2020 in this next decade to jot down your ideas and to be prepared to put in the work to achieve all it is that you want to achieve in this life. One thing I know, and as I get older, it's actually my birthday tomorrow. So as I get older, one thing I've realized is this. Life is short. And as my friend Oprah says, time keeps on ticking. Time keeps on going. So whether you decide you're going to take action today or five years from now, time will continue to march on whether you do or not. So it's up to you to make the decision to actually take some action and start to move forward on some of these things that maybe you've been neglecting, maybe you've been ignoring, maybe you know this is something that you need to finally pay some attention to and shed some light on. So if that's a position you're in, I would love to have a coaching conversation with you and sort of figure out how we can help you to get there. So please feel free to message me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, reach out to me via email. I would love to hear from you. Happy New Year, everybody. Take care, and you'll hear from me again in 2020. Thank you.